Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool. Uh, it would depend on which kid. If it was my favorite, then I'd probably give it to him because he's pretty good at maths. <laughs> but if it was the second child or the spare, uh, no, there's no way I'd let him have that. Hello, welcome to another episode of the SC Report, our special lockdown series. And this time we're turning our attention to the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And we're going to be focusing on this, the Sydney Roosters for the next 30 minutes. And on the other end, I've got Justin. How are you going, my friend? Good, mate. Cocktails on the beaches here, pina coladas in hand, you and I. Oh, You're loving looking the very relaxed, very relaxed in that, that Hawaiian shirt. It looks fantastic. And um, I mean, that could be only one reason for our guest who does like to wear the Hawaiian shirt from time to time or maybe all the time. Uh, unfortunately, we don't quite have the Nick uh, or Nick Sombero that size here at uh, NRO Supercoach Talk. So the likes of Copes and VK weren't an option as the Roosters fans. We've had to uh, dig into the, uh, uh, I'd say, the lower ends of the spectrum there. No, they're kidding. Rob Sutherland, how are you going, mate? Great to have you on the podcast. Look, I'd be devastated if I had to tell you that it wasn't the first time being described as a bargain bin option when it comes to Supercoach, but that's what I am. And uh, I'm not wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. I'm wearing a flanny. Uh, but I figured since it wasn't on video, I could just be myself rather than the Ross Allen <laughs> persona. So, mate, just before we start with anything, uh, TikToks, how have they been going? I know you're on an annual leave. How many are you punching out a week? I, this will shock you, I'm not on TikTok, uh, but my seven-year-old is, and he is an avid TikToker. He just spends his time dancing around the house, checking himself out in the mirror. Um, so, sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not there, but um, <laughs> so that's him in the background. Um, <laughs> they're all to a strong start. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, no, as you said, great to have you on. It's always good to get... Uh, um, someone that is a diehard fan, and I believe that the Roosters are, are they your first love, second love, third love? Where do they rank? Uh, well, look, let's be honest. I'm a Roosters fan, which means I'm not a stan. Um, yeah, that, that's not what the Roosters do. We, we go to maybe one or two games a year as long as the weather is fine and we can get a seat up in the premium section. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've always been a Roosters fan. I, I grew up in the eastern suburbs. Um Rugby league and union, I loved both. But if you know, as league fan, I was born in '75. We won in '75, and that I mean, is it any more roosters to pick a team because they won in the year you were born? So yeah, that probably no, gives you. I a think picture. everything you just said then um, just sounds like a roosters fan turning up to one or two games a year, only if you're in the chairman's lounge in the politest suite there. Um, but no, I mean, JT is a diehard Cowboys fan. I think if you had to give him the order, it'd be Cowboys uh, and then second and then, what, your Brazilian girlfriend? Who? Oh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, she's all right. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Morgan would find his way up there, top of the list. It's pretty hotly contested. Haven't well, Morgan's just going to miss the next few uh, or the, the start of the season, JT. How are you taking that news? Oh, it's going to be great. All the other five owners are going to jump off. I'll stay the course. <laughs> He's going to come home strong. Uh, you never never uh, get rid of your favourites. I'm sure Rob would never get rid of Teddy or Mitch Orbison or those kind of guys. I, I look, I have a deep and abiding love for Robbo, but I would never put him in my supercoach side. No, I am strictly ruthless when it comes to supercoach. Um, Teddy's only there because Teddy's great, and Teddy's not there at the moment, so I can't afford him. But we probably discuss that later. I don't want to, I don't want to use my three talking points up early. No, well, uh, you do ramble a bit anyway, so that's, that's fine. I'm looking forward to a bit of rambling later on. And, and speaking about ruthless, um, that's a great segue to our, our, next part of the show which is the the hospital pass which is basically five questions from jt and i to our guest um each week this time we've got rob sutherland from news limited um a regular contributor on on the uh the daily telegraph sites and you'd see him around on the podcast as well so rob let's start with this one you have to watch a replay of the scott sattler tackle over and over again or see tom sangster and his tidy whities what do you pick Scott Sattler every day, every day. I, I only see Tom when I'm being paid to see Tom. You know, I don't see him on a social basis. So that's an easy one. That's <laughs> oh, very very well answered. Uh, second question, one night in the honeymoon suite, the Queen or Brad Fittler? <laughs> oh, Freddie. Um, look, can I, can I just, as I have a habit of doing, just segue straight off, off that, my honeymoon, right, we got married... Went through the whole night. It was a great night. I love my wife. Still married to her. Thank you. She pays my rent. And we get back to the honeymoon <laughs> suite. And she said, I'm a bit tired. I said, I'm a bit tired too, love. But Bathurst replays on. Can I just sit and watch that? <laughs> so, well, well, that's why you're still that's why you're still married, mate. That's yeah, fantastic. Mr. Romance over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JT, next one to you. So sorry, that was Freddie, one night in the suite. Hey. Yes, Freddie, yes. Yeah. So I originally wanted to do a different uh, thing. I, I wanted tag teams for that question. Uh, I got vetoed, but mine was going to be Willie Mason and Braith Anasta or Freddie and Marco Mealy. Um, oh, sort of the oh. beauty and the beasts. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie and the yoga every time. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Uh, question number three, would you rather host an unfiltered live Q&A after every controversial Monday scoring update? Or give your kids your super coach account for a month. Cool. Uh, it would depend on which kid. If it was my favourite, then I'd probably give it to him because he's pretty good at maths. <laughs> but if it was the second child or the spare, uh, no, there's no way I'd let him have that. Um, but look, I quite enjoy the the, the argy bargy and debate after a game as, as to whether that was a try assist or not, because no one's ever going to be happy, and and that's that's my uh, that's my wheelhouse where no one's happy. So. I don't, it's a tough choice, but I'll go the debate because I love I love a chat. Mm. The Supercoach community is fair, balanced. Uh, <laughs> take these decisions in their stride. It's all just a game after all, so fair call. It's a free game. It's a free game, but the the passion is um, the passion is about that's what it is, right? It's it's awesome. I love the passion. I'll never never gripe about that. So next question: uh, Given the amount of time that you spend at Supercoach each year, why are your teams always really bad? That's a very fair point. Um, it's not true. I had one good year. Uh, it, it's a long time ago. Um, you know what? If I had to, to give a, a honest answer to that, 
I think part of it is because I overthink things. I tend not to go with my gut. And the other part of it is because I'm I'm just not very good at this game. Yeah. <laughs> which is sad because I give all this advice about how to do it. But as I say, look, my job is to make you better, not to make me better. Yeah, I think you've just summed up basically the two other or the regular hosts on the, the SC Talk podcast, myself, completely overthink things, whereas JT's just not very good. <laughs> I think a lot about these things, mate. There's a lot of uh, Michael Morgan highlights videos from about five years ago, <laughs> which steer my 2020 opinions. Yeah, that's where you're going wrong. Let's... Uh... <laughs> Morgan, Morgan is great a player as he is, one of those classic, just just not super coach relevant in many ways. He was one, he had one good year, and after that, I don't know, it's just not worth. No, I, oh, I agree completely with that sentiment. Absolutely, uh, JT, would you like the honours in the final question? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, a bender with Victor Radley post grand final wins in eighteen and nineteen, or a bender with Freddie after the O two grand final uh, at the Dremoyen Leagues Club, setting the home ground. Mm, look. O2 would have been better for me. That was more my peak drinking time. But uh, I'd take Victor the Inflictor because from everything, the little I know of Victor is that he's just a gregarious, lovely chap. And um, also we probably wouldn't end up at 3 a.m. out-earthing ourselves on the Oval. So <laughs> I think Victor would be the better choice. Uh, or or uh, Dylan Upper uh, post-2018. No, I, I, if, that's out of my – that is definitely sort of – that's too hardcore for me. No way. I just full, get myself full, in big trouble. So you couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't do the full kit wanker for two days? I could not keep up with Dylan. No no way, no how. No, no, I'll stick with Victor, thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, well played, Matt, mate. You took that all on the chin very well. You've received that hospital pass, and I think you've just broken through the line. So, so well done there. Um, all right, let's move now on to the main part of the show – uh, straight to the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to start with the good here. And I guess, how could you leave the number one off the list? Um, he was a bit disappointing in round one, uh, but round two really, really returned to what he should be producing on more of a frequent occasion with an 85 points against the Seagulls. So I'll hand over to you, Rob. Um, is he the, the main guy on your list uh, for the Roosters? If you hadn't got him in from the start of the season, that you'd be looking to trade him in for round three? Look, I think there's no doubt that you're going to want you're going to want Teddy at some stage, right? I know that fullback is absolutely stacked, but, you know, Teddy was was the number one fullback for a, for a good reason. And he was disappointing in, in round one with 39 points, but he made 16 runs. Round two, he, he went that up to – he got up to 22 runs. And, and the tackle busts, the line breaks, the line assists, they came and, and the points came, as, as you'd expect, without scoring a try. Um, I will have Teddy at some point, but I won't have him in round three. The – only reason is that I can't afford him. Uh, and I don't see his price going up dramatically. I also don't see it coming down dramatically. I think maybe in round seven, eight, nine, you might be able to get him for about 100K less, at which point you'll be able to get him without ripping your team apart. So that's my plan. Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty fair. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I just think with the limited season this year, uh, it's a shorter game, so less of a time to wait for these guys to fall down in price and take that chance. 
Um, I'm going to go, I think, if you're moving forward now, you're going to go guns, cheapies, um, pretty much as soon as you can. Um, so I wouldn't want to be sitting on Teddy, given how explosive he can be, hoping his price falls down. I know that's generally the tactic for some of these guys at the start of the year, but I think given we're sort of in a rush now and trades, thankfully, uh, not so much at a premium. Uh, if I didn't have Teddy, uh, I'd be looking to bring him in basically from round three. Who are your fullbacks at the moment? So I've got Teddy in there and the Pap. Uh, so I took Teddy over um, Trebojevic just because I was a bit in doubt with uh, Turbo's injury history and how he'd start the year. Um, so as an owner, I was pretty happy with Teddy. I know the Roosters have started slowly, but um, yeah, I mean, he's just an absolute gun in this game. So more than happy to stick with him from round one to, I guess, round 20 uh, as it yeah, is now. I th- I th- I think for me, it's probably going to be when that draw does get announced, it'll be interesting if he's got a few, um, a couple of uh, easy games to start the season. Um, it, somebody I'll definitely be looking to 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 try and bring in and maybe zig to everyone else's zag with people keeping, say, a, a Pappenhuizen as well. Um, but I, I've gone with the, the turbo Pappenhuizen uh, combination, so I'll probably be sticking with that um, unless he's going to be playing the the Titans in round three or, or something along those lines. Um, okay, let's move on from, from oh, Teddy. Sorry, um, sorry, can I just say one last thing just because you mentioned it? The draw is an interesting wrinkle, right, because the Roosters, I think, are going to get tough games. I mean, they're going to be penciled in for doubles against the Raiders, doubles against the Storm, doubles against the Broncos, which perhaps isn't that hard, but, you know, it's, they're not a bad team, doubles against South. So I think Teddy's going to have, if you were going to do draw analysis, a tough draw, but... He is one player who can almost surpass his draw at some times. But I, I think that might be just a tiny thing to consider. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good call. When that draw does drop, I think what, Rob, you probably know more than us. Is that this week, next week? When are you expecting that? Oh, I, I'm on long service leave at the moment. So the only thing I know about is, uh, you know, year seven spelling because um, <laughs> I help the kids with school. So, yeah, I, I can't give you any any insight into it, I'm afraid. Uh, well, well, I think it might be in the next couple of weeks, but that will certainly change a few things there. Um, JT, I might hand over to you, mate, and talk through these two guys. These are the um, two names that you put forward as in the good category. So let's start with JWH, who has flirted, I'd say, with being a, a really good um, super coach player in the past, but just had lacked that consistency. Uh, what started the season with an average of 61, uh, 57 and 64 across the first two rounds, Minutes per game just below 49, but that work rate of 1.2 points per minute is um, pretty phenomenal. Can you keep it up? Yeah, I've always got him wide off as a draft option um, just because he's so consistent at this game, but he's never really for any length of time gone up to that premium front row level. He's always just that little rung below, but he becomes an interesting option at the start of seasons because he's generally priced um, outside of that gun premium range. Uh, so I think for his start to the year, he's definitely delivered value for anyone that might have jumped on him. So that points per minute of 1.2 is um, he's a hell of a lot of work he's getting done on the field there. So uh, I think he's definitely an affordable option. He's not a guy that's going to grow you um, a shit ton of cash as the season goes on, but he is going to deliver. He has a very high floor. Um, so I've got him in a draft league that I'm in, uh, but he that. 60 average, uh, pretty much all base. So he's definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. Rob, what about you? Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, Maria Hargraves is, you know, he, he makes tackles and hits the ball straight up, right? There's no flash to him. He's kind of like Aidan Tolman, but with aggression. Um, and 
he has shown that he can handle big minutes, and and this is my only little gem that I can perhaps offer and therefore validate being on your podcast is that what I understand is that the Roosters are working towards possibly one of them at you know by the sort of middle towards the end of the season playing eighty minutes. Um, they like the idea of at least one of their props being a full time prop like um, Haas can do, and if of the two, I think Maria Hargraves is the one that can do it. Um, I think TKO perhaps is a little bit more uh, fragile in the body, whereas Warrior Hargraves could step up and play that time. And if he did, then I think he becomes a guy that you would play as a keeper. If he doesn't, I agree that he lacks the offload and the step at the line to make him worth having. But I agree he's he's almost there. Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really interesting point you, you raised there. I mean, doesn't it all kind of depend on what happens with the goal-kicking a bit, and, and we got, are going to talk about TKO right now. But um, you know, if he does take over that goal kicking from Flanagan, then then that would suggest that he is probably going to be that eighty minute player. Yeah, I I just think they're aware that TKO's had more injury issue, um, and therefore they they might want to protect him a little bit, and not ask him to play the full eighty minutes. And I I don't think Flanagan's as bad a kicker as people are making out. I think his kicking's been okay, and I'd like to think that Robinson's going to show the faith and and let him keep that job. Um, TK is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because he can rip a game apart and score 85-90 in 55 minutes, and you look at that and you go, geez, if he played 80 and goal kicked, then, you know, you've, you've got a premium option all the way home. I just don't think that's going to happen, but that's... Yeah, largely a hunch um, as a fan and as someone who's watched him pretty closely. Yeah, and a valid point there. I think that he's definitely the one for me that has the the more upside. I would, I would think that JWH has probably got that more of that consistent um, high base output if he does get the minutes that you're you're seeming to talk about. I mean, if you have a look at the top averaging front row forwards so far this season, you've got um, I think you've you've almost got fifteen guys that are. Um, that are oh you got ten guys that are ahead of JWH and and given we can only pick two legitimate guns really in that spot um, he probably just doesn't really come into consideration uh, for me whereas TKO if he does get the eighty minutes and does somehow get also get the goal kicking then he's an almost an immediate trade in but up until that point I, I don't think you can you can touch him well you've really only got one spot don't you? I mean everyone's got Haas um, yeah correct. And, and then you're sort of looking, where do I go? Personally, one of the trades I'm going to make is I'm, I'm going to bring in Twal. Um, just what he did in the first two rounds was amazing. Um, I know the second game, the minutes were inflated, but work rate, I, I think this might be the year. You know, he's a guy we've been talking about for Yonks. I remember even two was it two years ago we were talking about, oh, look at the, it was maybe last year, the minutes he handled when he played the, the World Cup. You know, can't the Tigers give that chance to him? And maybe this is the year they are going to give him that chance, at which point he becomes that safety, that the guy that like Tolman was when he used to play 65 minutes and you go, just lock and leave 65 points for 500K. Yeah, right. So 12 this year has been banging out 53 and six minutes across the first uh, two games, but it's that base output, which is ridiculous. So 60 base points and then 74 base points. Uh, that's fantastic. I know that last year you did that for probably about two months and just couldn't maintain that the whole way through. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Madge obviously loves him um, doing what he's doing and he is still pretty young, I think, as well. So that's not a bad shout at all. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And sorry, I know we should be talking roosters, but but also, you know, that the Tigers are weaker this year in the forwards than they were last year, as certainly in the middle. So maybe this is the year that, you know, he steps up and, and plays that that sort of time, the entire point of the season. Yeah, no, all valid points. Let's move along to the bad here. And speaking, uh, I don't know what to make of this guy, Robin. I'm really interested in your input. It was, it was something at the start of the season I was flirting to throw into my centre wing just because people were talking about him being almost the best centre in the game across the world. Um, Joey Manu, he he looks really good, but he just really fails to deliver from a fantasy perspective. What What's your take on that? Look, I, I agree. I mean, if, if you were going to... If you were going to pick a team um, and you were looking at it, like if you could pick Joey Manu or um, Joey Leilua, you know, in real life, you would pick Manu every day. But if you're looking in Supercoach, then maybe you'd look at Leilua. And, and that's because Joey Manu, he, what he does, he does very well, but it doesn't score all the time in Supercoach. And, and that's not that uncommon. Um, I, I just think he he's never going to be Supercoach relevant um, no matter how good he is, and, and that's no shame to him. There's a lot of players who are excellent rugby league players who aren't super coach relevant. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't have him in my team ever. Yeah, JT, what about you? Is he someone that, that you've uh, ever thought about bringing in? And, and does can you think he can elevate himself out of that bad category, or is that just where he's sitting from a super coach perspective? No, I don't think so. He's another guy that I sort of lump in with the likes of Wonga Blake, um, who's always looked like he has the potential uh, to go large in this game, but just never really does it consistently. Uh, so he's one I've always set on the on the watch list. Um, again, this year, he's just doing his job on the field, as Rob said, and he, uh, he's a great centre from that regard. But he's never going to be the explosive one that you need, throw on the offloads and all of that. And uh, So unfortunately, just hasn't done enough to catch my eye there. Um, one that I was going to add in with him as well, it's probably not a bad because he's, uh, his score isn't... Oh, it's actually quite good over the first couple of rounds. But another guy in that similar mould is Daniel Tupo. Um, so he had a quiet first game, as most Roosters did, bounced back with a try line break in the second game. Uh, he was one that I thought, in terms of being able to benefit from this rule change around not attacking um, the attacking player in the air on bombs, is a guy, uh, basically I thought the Roosters would just kick all day to him. So if you're looking at a wing option that could potentially finally cracked that ceiling uh, I'd go a guy like Tupo over Manu I'm not sure Rob if you had any thoughts do you expect to see Tupo scoring you know try around 20 plus by the end of the year look I agree with 
everything you said about Toops, he's a guy I look at because if you have a look at his stats, how he's improved his work rate year in, year out, He's he when he came into it, maybe you could argue he was he was the giraffe. You know, he just went and took the high kick um, and dropped over the line. But he's now a serious worker bringing that ball back, um, which gives him a base that that most wingers would sort of envy. He, he kind of took over from um, Fergo in that regard, doing that extra work to to give Teddy maybe the second run out rather than the first run out. Um, but where I think he'll miss is he'll miss Cooper Cronk. And that precision boot, you know, Kronk just had that sort of almost that soccer kick he had where he'd kick it across the field, it would curve around and just hit his winger in the face and the winger would catch it and score. And as good as, as much potential as I think Flanagan has and as good as Kiri is, neither of them have the perhaps the kicking game to land it on top of Tupu's head and take advantage of the new rule. So that's the reason that I say I've got Toops as a, as a no, but um, I think he's clo- he's much closer than Joey Mano is. I really do like that the progression though that he's made with his base that you've pointed out there. So I think last year it's 30 base points per game. Across the first two games this year, it's the 33. So there's certainly um, there's certainly um, something you'd be a little bit excited with that. And then JT, you made a really great point there too with the um, with the the new kicking role rule, and I think that will impact uh, the Roosters. Did look pretty flat across the board in all reality. Uh, to start the season, but that opening draw now from round three onwards to see what that looks like. JT, I think that's going to be probably one of the, the bigger things for me, but certainly that's a great player um, to watch uh, as we head into round three. Um, what about um, Cole Flanagan, who's the next on our list from a, a, a good or a bad perspective? There was a little bit of hype about him coming into uh, into the, the preseason, but has really flat failed um, to do too much from a super coach perspective, averaging 38 points per game, playing the full 80 minutes per game. Um, does have the kicking duties. Uh, is he someone that you're looking at, JT, at all as a cheaper option in the halves or just someone you're not considering um, at all? No, I had him on the um, sort of the blacklist as soon as he I saw his price to start the year. Um, just going back, though, thank you very much for that. I think it's the first ever compliment I've gotten from you on this podcast that I made a good point. I should just retire now. Hanging up the microphone, my job is done. <laughs> Validated. Uh, no, Kyle Flanagan, he's... he's not a very enviable position to be in, so he's replacing um, definitely a guy that was up there for best ever halfback in that conversation. So a guy like Cooper Cronk, you've all of a sudden got a guy with a handful of first-grade games to his name having to step into this uh, premiership-winning side. Like It's a huge ask for him. He's got plenty of wraps on him, but uh, he's basically played out how I thought he would, just trying to find his way in that side. Uh, it's going to take him a while. Hopefully his price crashes across that time and he's a guy that we can look at later in the year once he's gotten a bit more established but um yeah at that price you just couldn't touch Kyle Flanagan even with the kicking uh, Rob is that basically the same as as your thoughts geez I wish I'd had that cogent analysis in my year when I was putting my team together in round one and two because I have Flanagan in my team <laughs> uh and, and I'm trading him out uh look I, I had high hopes. Obviously, maybe it was sort of red, white, and blue blinkers. Um, you can't question sort of his work rate's been great. I mean, he's averaging 25 tackles. Um, but he's just not doing anything with the ball. He's offloading it or passing it on pretty much straight away. Uh, he, he didn't make any runs in the first round, I don't think. I think he maybe made three in the second. Um, got, to, got to see more with the feet, um, you know, to, to allow the, the passing and the, the try assist to come. Uh, 
I think he'll be good, but you know the Roosters aren't the Roosters don't play to look good in May. You know they 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 sort of build towards looking good in September, um, which is you know, part of the reason people hate us because we do because we're great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm trading him out. I'm uh, I'm probably going to a Connor Watson um, as long as those sort of whispers of Watson having some sort of timeshare at hooker duties aren't true, then then I think that's a no brainer. But uh, yeah, the price is awkward. I, I made a mistake. Yeah, the Connor Watson discussion is very interesting, and we'll we'll certainly touch on that when we um, we come to preview the Knights in uh, either the end of this week or or next week. He's certainly becoming very relevant now, given Braley's ACL. Um, I think that's it that we had from the the bad perspective, and and it was a really good segue there. You you did as well, Rob, uh, to make that's our what way Tommy through. Pays to... me the big bucks for. I'm the segue guy, and and <laughs> I, I lay it down. He picks it up and runs with it. Oh, fantastic! Well. Moving well, not because you're ugly, but we're moving along to the ugly ones because um, one of the reasons why we've stuck these two names in here is exactly that: that you don't play for May, you play for September or October, um, which is what it's going to be this year. And uh, Boyd Cordner hadn't played any games so far this year, but he's going to play a handful or maybe more than a handful over the course of the regular season, so that he's primed uh, for the finals campaign. And I guess the impact that that does have is on Angus Crichton, who has played the one game this year, um, 80 minutes of 67 points. Um, that's fantastic. But in all reality, um, as soon as Cordner steps back into that starting side, then Crichton's probably the one to make way with Orbison that uh, does appear to be Trent Robinson's favourite as the other back row position. And, and that's just a little bit poison there for those guys that might be thinking that he's a possible trading target. And then Cordner himself is just too risky given how many games that he does miss um, and they do like to just to, to make sure that he's ready to go for the finals. Might hand to you, Rob, and, and just your thoughts on those two guys in, in uh, Crichton and, and Cordner. Look, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, you've summed it up. So I'd just say, yeah, I agree and move on. But that's not me. I've always, you know, I always ignore the, ignore the word count. Um, Cordner is, is he's one of those guys, you know, tremendous player in real life, Um I think Origin, no, Origin will help because they, they really do nurse him through at Origin time because they know how much work he puts in for the Blues. Um, but I couldn't have him, uh, particularly with that sort of persistent niggling calf injury and the fact that I think we've got four more years of his contract on the book, so it's not like we're going to play him to death. Um, Crichton's a really interesting. When he came over from South, so I was super excited. Um, and I sort of questioned how Robbo was using him you know, saying you've got to win your spot and then using him as a middle. I don't know if he's maybe tr- trying to teach him more of the game. Clearly when Orbo retires, Crichton takes over an edge. Um, but, yeah, coming off the bench, you can't have Angus because um, he'll play 20 on an edge, 20 in the middle, you know, maybe go off and maybe play 15 somewhere else. So both of them are super coach ugly. Um, not that I would ever call either of them sterling physical specimens ugly in real life. Um, gorgeous men that they are, uh, but I, I couldn't have them for Supercoach. Stuff I know, I know, it left you guys sort of awkwardly, sort of silence. But you know what can I say? If I was going to trade in one of my kids, I'd trade in both to get either of those men in my family. Love them. Oh, well, that's a, okay. So one night of the honeymoon suite, um, <laughs> Angus Crichton or Boy Cordner. Oh. Angus, only because he's a he's a Scots boy, um, and uh, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm an Eastern Suburbs Roosters fan, so as if I'm not going to know, you know. Um, 
And, and I went to a school that was down the road from him, got beasted by them on a regular basis. So it'd be my turn to give it back. <laughs> the name Angus, though. Is there a more eastern suburbs name than Angus? Honestly, no. I think I, I think I had seven in my year. So yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so what what exactly happened to him training in the centres during the preseason as well? I thought that that's where he was going to go, but they've obviously brought in Josh Morris um, now, so he's not going to fill that role. So it's just, um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're Crichton, you've stepped away from um, the south side, which you're all almost the number one man that season that he had and with Burgess retiring, although that um, the Murray's definitely taken over that mantle now, but stepping into a, a rooster side, which it was just assumed that he'd be one of the pillars in the back row with Courtner, but um, he just can't beat out Orbo Gun. It's been surprising to everybody, I think. I, I agree, and I think it, it speaks volumes to uh, Crichton's character that, that he didn't, you know, drop his bundle and have a mope about it, um, or that he did, maybe he did, let's be honest, he probably did for a few rounds, but, you know, he's come around to it. He, he talked about the fact that it was difficult to deal with, but he understands that, you know, Robinson's teaching him the game and wanting him to play different places, and that's what you do in the team, and I think he would have, everyone assumed that he would have beaten out Orbison. Um mm. But what Orbo does, Orbo does really, really well. You know, like he, he defends the hell out of his centre. Um, he can, you know, he's always reliable as making a good read. He takes you know, the little hit-ups here and there, and the flexibility is fantastic. Um, but he can play in the centres, you know, pretty much as well as he can play at second row if needed. But I think the Roosters always knew they were going to get Morris. And so it was a little bit ducks and drakes with Crichton there until Morris came over. Yeah, fair points, fair points. All right, let's move on uh, to a brand new section. And we've just, uh, I've just added this in here this week because I frankly didn't know where to put this guy. It's Victor, as you put it, the inflictor, Radley. Um, I don't know what category he sits in. A round one score of 25, round two score of 95. Um, it gives you an overall season average of 48. Um, I know you're a fan because I think you, you own him or you're looking to bring him in. What, like, who is the real. Um, Victor Radley, and and you know what can we expect from him? I think Butcher is returning as well, and what impact's that going to to have? Loaded question there, Rob, but um, I'll let you handle that. Oh, it's another cruel one because I did start with Victor, and I sold him after the round one game. I knew he was going to be a role. Oh no! I know, I know, I know. This is cruel. Um, all preseason, I I think this is the year Victor steps up and sort of becomes you know a pretty much elite second rower as long as he can get 60 65 minutes you know the work rates there he's he's got quite he's quite deceptive at the line he's quite good at scoring tries um the the sort of parallel i thought was maybe the way bromwich sort of stepped up for the storm and i thought radley could do the same thing and, and become quite the keeper quite the pod keeper um but you know gutless that i am it lasted a week uh what happens? I don't know. Like you're right with Butcher. Butcher is another superstar in the making who is sort of the next generation. They're definitely the next generation of Roosters forwards that are going to come through and in three, four years will be absolute super coach must-haves, I believe, once their minutes are locked in. But at the moment, there's there's too much uncertainty. Um, I think you'll see more 70-plus games than you'll see under 50 games. But there'll still be the odd game where the minutes and the, you know, just the the injuries or positions don't work out. So Radley ends up scoring badly. Um, Having sold him now, I can't bring him back. It's like one of my strict rules. I sold him for Katoa, which wasn't a disaster, but uh, look, 
would I go and get Radley now after seeing a big game in round two? No. But would I still have him on my watch list? Absolutely. Um, how about you? He's never been someone that I've really considered too much, but I guess that, that round two score for me was impressive. And maybe if we can un- unpack that a little bit, like what did he, what was the different role? Like what, why, what really produced that score in round two compared to the really disappointing output in round one of 25? Um, look, you're asking me to, to remember. I'm trying to go back and, and remember the, the, how, the, how the gameplay worked out because the minutes... Well, you know, the minutes well were- I mean... What, I would ask JT, but I just know that he's not going to bring any value to this podcast at all. So um, just I'd have to ask you, and it's maybe maybe we're just really scraping the barrel here, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you are at the bottom of the barrel when you get to me. But look, the minutes were different. You know, there was six. It was almost seventy minutes compared to fifty-five. Um, the the I, I just can't remember how the games panned out to tell you why it worked out that way, but. The, and it, sorry, I've got, I've got a mistake there as well. So he scored seventy points in round two, albeit that it was um, still a lot bigger than that round one, and had a base of sixty four as well. So just a huge differential between the two games. Yeah, and, and Victor has that base. You have a look at the at the back end, sort of near the back end of last year, where he got sort of the consistent minutes where he wasn't playing, you know, jagging in at hooker, and where he was playing thirteen, and he can he pumps out a base of fifty five to sixty. You just need they just he just has to be left there at lock playing that sort of yeah you know, the first forty and then maybe coming off for 10, 15 minutes and then finishing off the game as well. Um, it's also going to be tricky this year because the Roosters are trying to juggle having Friend and Verrills in there, um, and I think once Butch comes in, you get even another variable. The, the best teams in the NRL only have one hooker, and if they need to, then they have a player that can play ten minutes of hooker while their hooker has a rest. And obviously, I think Robinson would want to get back to that. But it's very hard to juggle the fact that Friend is a veteran and leader of the team and that Verrills is the future uh, at hooker. So someone loses out every time and maybe one game it's Radley and then another game it's someone else. And I, I think that might be that might be the best way to look at it as analysis. JT, uh, Radley seems like the kind of bloke that you'd pick up on your side. Yeah, if I was to pick a uh, party 13, he'd be front and centre. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just looking back at the two games just to see if there is some sort of anomaly. Uh, Penrith Roosters, that round one game where he went quiet, um, a lot of errors in the game. Roosters had 26 minutes of possession, Panthers 30. 30. And then in the next game, it was that sort of grinding affair between them and the Eagles. So the Roosters had the ball for 33 minutes and Eagles for 32. So ball in play a hell of a lot more, a lot more tackles, a lot more run opportunities. Uh, Ball handling a little better. You've blown me away here. I owe you a bit of an apology. I'm sorry. That's exceptional Uh, analysis. I I really rate that. And it's something people perhaps don't look at sometimes when they go, oh, why was my prop so bad? And you have a look at, well, maybe if your team gave away four penalties while your prop's on doing his minutes, all he did was tackle and didn't make hit-ups for over eight metres. And that's a difference of, you know, 30 points, 20 points. It's not a usual um, outcome on the the podcast here, Rob. We're not. We're pretty much just off the cuff. I'm not expecting JT to be pulling these stats up. So um, he's he's done his five minutes preparation. Well done. Just call me uh, Justin Z from now on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's pretty much the it for all the players. Is there anyone else, Rob, that we've missed that you wanted to to briefly talk about um, for the Roosters at all? Uh, Let me have a look. I did try try to bang out some notes just to show that I wasn't a total joke. Teddy, Props, Victor, Toops and Flanagan. No, you've, you've hit all of my spots. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's that's there. We've we've done the Roosters, and I think the big thing for them is going to be, um, as we said, what the draw, how that happens. If they've got a couple of games against the likes of a, a Titans or um, you know a couple of easy. Um, teams that particularly some of those roles um, like fullback where you've only got the two positions or one position to pick from um, that's really going to make a big difference so um, I'll be keen and eager to to see that but but that's the good the bad and the ugly for the Roosters and and Rob thank you very much for jumping on the the pod this week I think it's your first time on and it's good to have a um, or great to have a, a Roosters fan on to help us jump in in a little bit more detail on what we normally would. Thanks fellas uh you know, it's it's as far as Supercoach talk goes. I'm kind of been a, uh, a long time listener, first time caller, so it's a, a bit of an honour to get on. And um, you know, just I love the site. I think you guys are doing tremendous work. Uh, I'm always sort of on in the background, just sort of you know trolling along and, and reading everyone's comments, but never contributing at all. So it's nice to maybe you know give something back for once. Oh, fantastic! Lovely. Lovely words there. We love it. And uh, another thing we do love on this podcast as well is the guest. Uh, this is a tradition, Rob, but the uh, the guest will take us out and finish the podcast with a bit of a song. And and for this one, we've picked a song which we think is quite apt for the, the Roosters, and it's the Chicken Dance. Are you up for that? Uh, no. <laughs> what are you guys telling me? That's not on the rundown sheet. Come on, boys. Um, uh, just. You, you finish off the podcast with the chicken dance, mate, and then we'll everyone has a bit of a smile on their face on a Monday. This sounds like a great idea. He could be doing it. We can't see him right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> doing it. I'll post it on TikTok. Don't you worry. I'm not going to get it. I'm gonna, you get it. Go on, you can do it. No, you've just done it. Come on, you keep going. You're doing really well. I'm cheering you just on be, from afar. Mate just, mate, just pretend you're seven beers deep in at Oktoberfest. And this is the song that comes up once an hour, every hour, and you just jump onto that table with that uh, one litre stein and you're just about to let rip. And how does it sound? Yeah, there you go. Well done. Fantastic. That's a great way to end the podcast. We love it. Um all right, well, um, that's the Roosters done. We've got about half a dozen or so teams left still to do before the season kicks off on the 28th of May. We'll be back with another podcast, um, hopefully by the end of the week. Rob, once again, thank you very much for, for coming on board. Pleasure. Thanks, boys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.